too many people are being led by their wounded self. And what happens when they do that? A number of things that are really causing problems in our society. First of all, when they're operating from their wounded self, they don't like themselves. They don't think they're good enough. The wounded self will often say, you're not good enough. You didn't do it right. You're a failure. And, and so we, we end up rejecting ourselves when we make others responsible. And out of that self-rejection comes self-loathing. And out of self-loathing comes projection onto others. Because this is what the wounded self does. When we don't value ourselves, we project that lack of value onto others. And if you think about it, that's what causes the racism, the sexism, the misogyny, the homophobia, all the problems in our society are coming from the wounded self projecting itself hatred onto others. Welcome to the Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting-edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. All right, so let's get started. Today's guest on the show is Dr. Margaret Paul, and Dr. Paul is the author and co-author of several best-selling books, including Do I Have to Give Up Me to Be Loved by You, Inner Bonding, Healing Your Aloneness, The Healing Your Aloneness Workbook, and... Also, a few fewer newer books, which is uh, Diet for Divine Connection, Beyond Junk Foods, and Junk Thoughts to At-Will Spiritual Connection, and the Inner Bonding Workbook, Six Steps to Healing Yourself and Connecting with Your Divine Guidance. And Dr. Paul's books have been distributed around the world and have been translated into 11 languages, and she holds a PhD in psychology and is a relationship expert noted public speaker, workshop leader, educator, chaplain, consultant, and artist. She has appeared on many radio and TV shows, including The Oprah Show. And I was just telling Dr. Paul that even though this is the first time we've connected, I feel like I know her because I've been doing one of her courses. So, so I see her every single morning for like the past two months. So it's great <laughs> to be with you, Dr. Paul. <laughs> Thank you so much, Drew. Maybe if you could start out by just going into your background a little bit. I know you've spoken about your childhood and just some of the difficulties and dysfunction that went on and maybe how that sort of set the tone for your, you know, your ultimately creating this whole program and books and all that. But maybe just start by talking a little bit about your background, your childhood. Yeah. So I was brought up um, as an only child by an angry, narcissistic mother and a sexually addicted and sexually abusive father. So it was a very challenging childhood. And I was a very nervous kid. And my mother took me to a psychiatrist when I was five. And he did such a bad job that I decided that I could do a better job than him when I was five. And that's when I decided to become a psychologist. So uh, that never changed. Um, I grew up with many, many challenges, many challenges in my life. I had a, 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 a very hard 30-year marriage, three kids. Uh, but unfortunately, like so many people, I ended up marrying a combination of my mother and father. And, um, and But 
I learned so much in the process. That's the thing is that our challenges, we can either avoid them and shut down or we can learn from them. And I feel very fortunate that I chose to learn from the challenges and to develop this incredible process of inner bonding that helps so many people now around the world. You know, one of your interviews I listened to, Dr. Paul, you mentioned that you did have a loving relationship with your, was it with your grandfather? Did you have a close relationship with him? Yeah. So yeah, unfortunately that, yeah, my grand, I was born on a farm in New York and my grandfather, my father's father would come and visit me every day. And he was, I had a very deep connection with him, but um, we left the farm and came to Los Angeles when I was only 13 months old. And so, and then he died a few years later. So um, I didn't have him for very long, but that was really important because uh, I, I knew somewhere in me, even though it took me a while to remember him, that that kind of loving connection was even possible because I didn't have it with my parents, but it was really important to know that that was possible. That was a guiding light for me, even though it took me a while to realize that I understood that. Mm. And, and so, Dr. Paul, so you also have mentioned that, you know, in your, you, you, you became a, a psychologist and, but, but in your mid forties, you became very sick. And right. I know, and I know you're a big advocate of eating healthy and organic yeah. and, and, and I know you were eating really healthy, but you still became sick. Maybe just speak of what you, what was going on in your forties that was a catalyst. Yes, it was really shocking to me because I had been a sickly kid. I started eating all organic when I was 22. And, um, and so I got a lot healthier, but in my mid forties, I was deathly ill, um, really headed for something like cancer. The doctors were telling me my immune system was shutting down and I didn't know what was going on because I just had been relying on my diet. But that's when I met the co-creator of Inner Bonding, Dr. Erica Chopich. And fortunately, she came into my life at that time because basically she saved my life because she had half of Inner Bonding and I had half of Inner Bonding. And our spiritual guidance helped us put it together. And I started practicing these six steps. And it didn't take me long to realize that the reason I was so sick is because I had been trained to be a caretaker. I had been trained to completely deny me, my needs, my feelings, and be very tuned in to everybody else's needs and feelings and take total responsibility for everybody else's feelings, everybody else's happiness. Unfortunately, many women and men too have been trained to do this, to give themselves up and take responsibility for others' feelings and not for their own. So you can't keep doing this without getting completely drained. And this is actually a major cause of a lot of illness, and it was of mine. And so when I realized that, that what was, that's what was causing me to be sick, I realized I have to practice inner body. I have to learn to love myself. But when you've been, like I was caretaking my husband, my kids, my parents, my clients, everybody, when you've been doing that for so long, it's very scary to stop doing it because what I was afraid of is what if these people who say they love me really don't? What if they only love what I do for them? But what if they're not going to support me in letting go of caretaking and learning to take loving care of myself? So it was a big, big challenge. And I had to 
I had to be willing to lose other people rather than lose me. I had to be willing to be hurt because, you know, that was a big possibility. And in fact, as I started to let go of the caretaking and take care of myself, everything I was afraid of happened. I, my husband was furious and I lost my 30-year marriage. Two of my three kids were very mad at me and my parents actually disowned me. And so it was a really, really hard time. But out of that, I got my health back. I got my vitality, my creativity. My work started to really take off. So I would do it again, even though it was so hard. Um, I, I, I would be dead. I would be dead if I hadn't have made that decision. And I work with a lot of people who do die uh, from their caretaking. And so I, I, I know that that's what would have happened for me. What do you, you know, I know you have mentioned that prior to coming up with inner bonding, um, you know, you did a lot of praying, you did a lot of therapy. What were some of the things that you found were, were, were these other forms just lacking in the, the, the self-love component? The, uh, what did you find that was most lacking from the, the other modalities that you were maybe utilizing prior to yeah. coming up? Yeah, not not a single one of these modalities taught me how to take responsibility for my feelings. And I tried everything that was out there, but not a single therapist ever said, you know, you're responsible for your feelings and not for everybody else's. I mean, we are responsible if we deliberately try to hurt somebody. But if we're just taking care of ourselves um, and other people get hurt by it, we're not responsible. And yet I was constantly feeling guilty over other people being upset thinking it was my fault. So nobody ever told me, ever. Uh, and really, I had so many years of different forms of therapy, plus not a single one of those therapies taught me how to connect with my higher self, my higher guidance, which I discovered is essential for healing. We have to be able to tap into a higher source of love and compassion and truth and wisdom. And in fact, um, research shows now that our upper right brain, um, we're born with an ability in our upper right brain to connect with our higher guidance. It's natural to us. But so many of us squash that. I certainly did. My parents were atheists. And when I would talk about what I knew or what I saw or, or, or what I felt, it was, oh, don't be ridiculous. Oh, how can you know that? You don't know anything. And so it got squashed. And it took a long time for me to resurrect that ability to access that. And now I, so I'm so grateful because through the practice of inner bonding and which I've written about in a lot of books, I'm able to have what I call at will spiritual connection. Uh, it doesn't just happen. I choose it. And anybody can learn to access that higher knowing when they learn how to do that. And anybody really can learn how to do that. We are born able to do that. Maybe, Dr. Paul, if you could maybe take us briefly through some of the steps of inner bonding, people that are out there that have never read it or aren't exposed to it, maybe just if you could just take us on a, on a, on a brief journey through some of, the, some of the highlights of the power of inner bonding. Yeah. So step one is that we have to be willing to feel our feelings. I mean, most of us learned many ways to avoid our feelings. We learned to stay up in our head, not in our body. Our feelings are in our body. 
when we were little, we just couldn't manage big feelings. So we had to go up in our head. We learned to judge ourselves uh, and judge our feelings. We learned to numb out our feelings with various addictions. We learned to make others responsible for our feelings. These are all ways of abandoning oneself, the opposite of loving oneself. So in step one of inner bonding, we have to be willing to do the opposite of all that. We have to be willing to learn to get present inside our body and be present with our feelings, be aware of what we're feeling. We can't do anything. We can't learn from our feelings, which is really what our feelings are about. Our feelings are an inner source of guidance. Our, our feelings such as anxiety and depression and guilt and shame and anger and aloneness and emptiness, jealousy, let us know we're abandoning ourselves. We're not loving ourselves. And our feelings of, of, of loneliness and grief and heartbreak and helplessness over others, let us know there's something we need to attend to externally with others and situations. And so we need these feelings as a very powerful and instant source of inner guidance. So step one is the willingness to get present in our body with our, our feelings, especially our painful feelings, which give us so much information and to want to take responsibility for them. And then inner bonding is based on a concept of intention that there's only two intentions. One is to learn about loving ourselves and the other is to protect against pain with various forms of controlling avoidant behavior. So in step two, we breathe into our heart and we consciously open to learning. And I ask people to visualize if they, if they don't have a source of higher guidance that they're used to opening to, I ask them to imagine an older, wiser part of themselves, like themselves 500 years older. Um, that, that older, wiser self is so loving and compassionate and, and wise and strong. And I ask them to just invite that energy, to say to themselves, I invite your love and strength and wisdom and compassion into my heart. And that's what we do to create what we call the loving adult. The loving adult is who we are when we're open to learning and connected with our higher source of love. And we have to be a loving adult in order to do the learning. So that's step two. And step three is, that we go back into the feelings. Let's say you feel depressed. You go inside and you feel numb or empty or, or uh, depressed inside. Then what you want to do is you want to ask, what am I doing? What am I telling you? How am I treating you? What am I not doing? That's making you feel that way. And it's, it's sometimes helpful to imagine our feelings, which is our soul, uh, our essence. Imagine them as an inner child that's feeling this way because sometimes that makes it easier to want to take responsibility if it's a child. So we go in and ask, and then we, we allow the answer to come from the feelings. And so if that soul or that inner child is ready to let you in, and it might not be until you do some more work of developing your loving adult, but if it's ready to let you in, it might say, well, um, you don't pay any attention to me. You don't even know I'm here. Of course I'm depressed. You're constantly rejecting me. You put all this pressure on me to be perfect. You, you, um, you're always trying to get other people's approval. You don't care about me at all. So how do you expect me to feel? That's the kind of thing that we might get from our inner child if we're open. And then we go a little deeper in step three to what we call in inner bonding the ego wounded self. 
And this is the part of us that is actually doing that, that is actually abandoning us and coming from false beliefs. And, and this is what we want to do. We want to learn about our false beliefs. So I might say to that part, well, why are you putting all this pressure on the inner child? Why are you ignoring our feelings? And the wounded self might say, well, I have to put pressure on you to get you to do it perfect. And then I can have control over getting other people to like me. And I don't have any worth unless other people like me. You see, these are big false beliefs. I can control others by being perfect. I have to judge myself to get myself to do it right. There's so many false beliefs like that. And once we understand that, then we go to step four, which is again, accessing our higher guidance, asking what's the truth about any of these beliefs and what would be loving to me? What would be loving to my inner child? And with time and practice, um, you can access that information. And then step five, you take the action. And in step six, you evaluate to see how you're feeling. And if you've taken a loving action, you're going to feel relief. Mm. You know, it's beautiful because, Dr. Paul, before I started your your program, read your book and all this, like I thought I understood what self-love was all about. I, I really did. And I, and I thought, I, I thought, oh yeah, I mean, we taught, we hear about it. You hear about it in the health media and all that. But I, but I now recognize I did not know it. I did not know. I did really not know how to do it. Um, okay. But your program is so powerful for, you know, like, like you were saying, you know, I, I now have, you know, I'm dialoguing with my inner child, my little my little Drew or, or whatnot. And, uh, and then I also have this vision of my higher self, maybe 107 on the beach somewhere. And, mm-hmm. and I'm having this dialogue with, you know, the older Drew, the younger Drew, and we're all, we're all together. And it's just, it, it's, it's really, I, I just, I just recognize that I didn't, I didn't know self-love because, um, because we hear about it, we're told to do it, but, but how do we do it? Right. And, and your, your program allows us to. Yeah, that's the how. The inner bonding process is the how. People know, oh, yeah, I got to love myself and I'll go get my nails done and I'll get a, I'll take a hot <laughs> bath and, you know, <laughs> I'll take a nap. But they don't understand that it's about taking responsibility for your feelings and and tuning into your higher guidance and not putting that ego wounded self in charge, but putting our higher self in charge of our lives, our decisions, and what's true for us. And this is so important today, Drew, because too many people are being led by their wounded self. And what happens when they do that? A number of things that are really causing problems in our society. First of all, when they're operating from their wounded self, they don't like themselves. They don't think they're good enough. The wounded self will often say, you're not good enough. You didn't do it right. You're a failure. And, and so we, we end up rejecting ourselves when we make others responsible. And out of that self-rejection comes self-loathing. And out of self-loathing comes projection onto others, because this is what the wounded self does. When we don't value ourselves, we project that lack of value onto others. And if you think about it, that's what causes the racism, the sexism, the misogyny, the homophobia, all the problems in our society are coming from the wounded self projecting itself hatred on to others. Hmm. And another thing that's happening in our society all over the world is that 
when we're operating out of our wounded self, there's a tendency to not trust ourselves because we're not accessing a source of truth, which means then that we go and trust a charismatic leader like Hitler, like Putin, many others that we know about. And of course, this, I mean, this is horrible. You look around the world at the repression that's going on in so many countries. And these are from these sociopathic charismatic leaders who couldn't take power unless people followed them. We don't follow people like that when we're connected in our heart and soul and with our higher self. We follow them when we're disconnected and coming from that self-hatred and we think there's somebody else who will fix us, somebody else who will make things okay for us. And then we follow those people and it leads to disaster. So to me, this is very, very important on a global level. Hmm. I mean, we, we look at our planet and, and we look at the devastation of climate change. It's not loving adults that have done this. It's the wounded selves greed, more money, more power, more control. We never would act like that if we're connected as a loving adult. And when we are, we feel our oneness with each other, with animals, with the planet. We can't do harm from that place. We can only do harm from that disconnected, wounded place. So for me, this is extremely important for people to be doing this work. Absolutely. And I love how you say that you can tell who's in charge, whether it's your wounded self or whether it's your loving adult, by, by really how you're feeling. Right. And, and the emotions are sort of letting you know, okay, you know, I'm feeling, I mean, you know, yesterday, yesterday, I, I, I will admit, you know, because um, I, I came home from a busy day and I just and, and, and I could feel the wounded self was was taking over. And I was and I became like, I don't even I don't even want to be this was my, my own thinking, but I don't even want to be around myself right now. And, <laughs> and now looking back, I'm like, wow, the wounded self was really in charge then. But it but it's all based on how we're feeling. And and Dr. Paul, would you say, you know, if we do have that experience where the wounded self is in charge and we're disconnected from ourselves and we're unhappy with ourselves, we just we we need to just look at that as information and um, right. have that intention to to learn and as opposed to just a cycle of blame and that's right, that's right. It, it's about shifting our intention. It's not easy because when the wounded self takes over, it wants to wallow. You know, for mm. me, you know, look how bad I'm feeling. And it's yes. always easy to. And, and one of the things that I suggest people do is just pick up a dollar stuffed animal and hold it like you would hold a crying baby. Just hold it with compassion. And sometimes that will help people shift their intention to wanting to love themselves. But those unhappy feelings are letting you know that your wounded self is in charge and you're abandoning yourself in some way. This episode's sponsor is Microbiome Labs. For the last nine years, Microbiome Labs has been committed to advancing understanding of the human microbiome. They're at the helm of innovation, putting new formulations and technology in the hands of healthcare practitioners and patients. Among many other novel innovations, MBL can now help improve the gut-brain connection with their ZenBiome Cope and ZenBiome Sleep products. Maybe it's been a while since you've re-examined your probiotic choices, 
the science around the microbiome are novel solutions that are coming out every day. Microbiome Labs will be here at the forefront of science, continuing to pioneer health in this space. For more about this strain and other gut microbiome products, just visit microbiomelabs.com. And as a special bonus for the Drew Perlman Show listeners out there, receive 15% off your total order from Microbiome Labs by just using the discount code that is in the show notes. Mm. And you also, throughout your program and your book, you, you offer something that I, I now consider the million-dollar question, which is, what's loving to me now? And, and I was just thinking, you know, if, if people just went around just... Like you said, continually asking this question, what's loving to me now? What's love? The other day I went for a walk in the woods and I was yelling it out. What's yell- What's loving to me now? What's loving to me now? And, and, and I think if people did that, just ask that one question. I mean, it, would, it could be life changing if you did that for like a day. It could be. Uh, and, and along with what's loving to me now is what is in my highest good and the highest good of all. Because sometimes people think, oh, if I'm loving to me, I'm just selfish, I'm just self-centered. But that's not what it's about, because what's truly loving to us is loving to all. And so we ask, what's in my highest good and the highest good of all, along with what's loving to me? And you know, um, young parents who wanna be good parents do this naturally, like their baby cries, and they're thinking, what does my baby need? What's loving to my baby right now? They don't realize they're asking that. I didn't realize I was asking that when I had my kids, but I was. And then ideas pop in. Oh, he needs needs a diaper change. He needs to be rocked. He needs to be fed. Uh, He's not feeling well. Um, Ideas pop in, and then I can take action on it. And the same thing happens when we ask for ourselves. Ideas will pop in. People Mm -hmm. don't realize that that guidance is always there. And if they're really asking, what's loving to me? What's in my highest good? They're going to get ideas of what to do. Mm, absolutely. And, and uh, Dr. Paul, I mean, this, would you say this, this takes practice? I mean, this isn't, this isn't like a quick, a quick process. I mean, it's, 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 it's going to take practice, right? Oh, yeah. Right. It takes practice. It, uh, to me, it's a lifetime practice. I practice it every day, all day long. And um, it's not a matter of getting good at it. What it's a matter of is developing new neural pathways in your higher brain for the loving adult. And, and, and you know, we have neuroplasticity. And so when we focus on something for a period of time, we develop new neural pathways in the higher brain. And that is what inner bonding does. So it actually develops new neural pathways for your loving adult. And, and the course you're talking about, Love Yourself, um, is a really great way for people to start to learn inner bonding. We also have a free course, a seven-day free course on our site. And as you mentioned, many books about inner bonding. There's many ways for people to learn this process, but they do need to realize it takes practice. Like anything worth learning, like being a great musician, they practice their whole lives. They don't stop. Mm. They always practice. Yeah, that's the great thing about this. And we'll we'll link up to the website so people can go there. If they want to just try it out, you, you don't have to spend a dime. You can just do some of the free right. stuff first and see if um, it really resonates with you. And then you can go on to some of the other courses if you want to. Right. want to do that. But, um, and I know Dr. Paul, you've mentioned that you're, that you have a self quest program that 
you're trying to or or you've already gotten into some prisons and schools and um that that to me just sa- sounds like especially for the young people today just desperately in high schools and younger just desperately need this i guess my question is how do we how do we get this in the hands of or in the minds of, of young young <laughs> people all over the place that's a great question this has been a project for me for many years. Um, uh, yeah, SelfQuest is an online program that teaches inner bonding in a very in-depth way. And we have a prison version and a high school version, but <laughs> we have a nonprofit and it's a matter of getting enough funding to hire people to go into the prisons and schools. Some schools have found out about it and have used it, but um, we we do need this and, and I'm working to try and get that funding so that we can hire people to bring it into prisons and schools. Because those there have been teachers who have taught inner bonding, for example, in their health class. It's been life-changing for their students. So I know that if this were to get into prisons and schools, it would be life-changing. I've had many prisoners ask me for copies of books, of the inner bonding books, and then write to me and say, we've been studying this as a group. It's been monumental in helping us to not ever come back into prison once we're released. Now we know how to take care of ourselves. So I know that the process is so helpful for people. It's a matter of getting it in there. And that's not always easy. So so you need the funding to get like the teachers trained in your program or the prison prison guards trained yeah, or we, we need to we need we need to pay people to go into the schools and prisons and and do the and do the training. We have many trained facilitators. We have a fabulous facilitator training program. Some of them would be interested in going to do that, but we have to pay them. We can't just you know, expect them to do that. And we don't have the funding yet. So if anybody wants to donate to our nonprofit SelfQuest Educational Foundation, that would be great. Uh, we, we do need, we also provide scholarships for people who want to train as interbonding facilitators when they can't afford it. And so it would be great if there's anybody listening who would like to donate to SelfQuest Educational Foundation. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, I, I hope so. And uh, and if there's any schools listening too, you know, reach out to us, and uh, right. maybe we can. With there, if there's a will, there's a way. But th- this is just so. Uh, I, I think it's just so necessary right now. We we, we got to make this happen. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate your enthusiasm about it, Drew, because I feel the same way. Totally. Very devoted to doing anything I can to make it happen. Dr. Paul, just a few final questions here that I ask everybody on the show. If um, Let's see. What are some of the daily practices that you have that you do every day that make you feel the most grounded and the most alive? Well, the main thing I do is that I get out every morning and out in nature. I love to be in nature. I walk my dog and I do an out loud inner bonding process. I, I live rurally, so I can do it out loud. But even if people are in a city, they can put like a cell phone in their ear and nobody knows they're talking out loud. But talking out loud and doing an inner bonding process, a formal inner bonding process, first thing in the morning is what sets the tone for the day. And so that's my form of meditation. And I do that every day. Mm, I like it. I like that a lot. I, I, I've been doing it every morning myself, but but I like the idea of, you know, I... I <laughs> 
of also bringing it outside sometimes too. I've done some, you know, what's in my highest good and what's um, loving to me now, but doing the whole process outside. That sounds yeah. like a great idea. Well, well, nature has a high frequency, so it helps you to get, to connect, to be outside. Excellent. And uh, final question, if, if you could travel back in time, say 50 years or so, what words of wisdom would your current self share with your younger self? <laughs> I would say you are not responsible for other people's feelings, but you are responsible for yours. You don't have to be a caretaker. You can be loving to yourself. Mm. That's what I would say to my younger <laughs> self. Dr. Paul, where can people go if they want to learn about the courses, if they want to get your books and find out more about you? Where, where should they go? Yeah, well, all, all of my books are on Amazon. They're also on our website. Um, they go to innerbonding.com and they can find out all about the courses. There's many, many free articles. Like I said, there's the free course on there. Just so many ways of learning interbonding. And I also have, and this is something that people might be interested in. I have a bi-monthly interbonding community where I'm on for an hour and a half um, every Wednesday. And I bring people through an interbonding process. I talk on a topic and then I do laser sessions with people so that people can actually see the process at work. And that's a really wonderful way of learning interbonding. We also have um, inner bonding village, which is online that people can join and get support there as well. Mm. Dr. Paul, thank you so much for taking the time. It was a, such a treat to uh, connect with you today. Well, thank you so much, Drew. I appreciate all your support. Thank you for listening to the Drew Perlman show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode in the words of Mark Twain. 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover, and stay well, everyone.